Hello, 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 and welcome back to the SEP show. Uh, welcome back to another trade Thursday, and this time about the Atlanta Hawk. But it's a little bit more interesting because the draft lottery just happened uh, about 15 minutes ago, and the uh, the top uh, number one pick goes to the Timberwolves, number two uh, to Golden State, number three to the Hornets, number four to Bulls, five to Cavaliers, and the Hawks dropped all the way to the number six pick. But it could have some trade value, uh, or they could just pick up um, a player like Denny of Deja or Obi Toppin or Tyrese Halliburton, who could be a good asset either if they keep keep him and he he start, he has a role in the team such as starting or coming off the bench, or if they trade him because um, and mostly any rookie taking in the lottery has some decent trade value. Uh, but first. These playoffs, man. These playoffs are crazy. And starting off with the, uh, starting off with the, uh, for one of the latest games, uh, Trailblazers and Lakers. Let's talk about this one because the Trailblazers, they took game one, and actually right now game two just started. Damian Lillard, uh, guarded by uh, Danny Green, but I think that the Lakers that the uh, trailblazers have uh, is that most teams don't know how to guard Lillard because this one play I saw uh, in the game Whiteside Whiteside uh, screened uh, KCP for Damian Lillard and then there, the, there was the mismatch AD was on Lillard and Whiteside well he wasn't big he was supposed to be guarding him, right? But AD was on top. He was basically trying to guard Damian Lillard from the three-point line. But Damian Lillard, he hit it from basically the logo. Uh, the problem with that guarding him, guarding him from the three-point line, is if if Lillard didn't take the three, Whiteside could have just rolled, and he would have had the mismatch. Of Whiteside, of him, of Whiteside against KCP, and Whiteside could obviously make that. And uh, if he, if Whiteside did roll, the what's most likely is AD would either stunt, or he would go and help KCP. And when when he if he goes to help KCP, uh, Whiteside would pass the ball back to Lillard, and Lillard would have an open three. Uh, so that's a problem uh, the teams have when guarding Lillard. Um, right now it's tied uh, four to four, uh, but oh, this is not your normal f uh, one uh, one seed against a seed. No, especially with um, the Trailblazers uh, three three headed monster Nurkic, Whiteside, and Side Collins all all seven feet. And the player that that really showed up for them in the bubble right is Gary Trent Jr. has played well. Uh, Carmelo has played well, and a player that showed up la in the game one, Wenyan. I don't know how to pronounce his name, Wenyan Gabriel, number 35 for them. He showed up. He had some great defensive stops against Anthony Davis, um, 
And LeBron put up tw uh, some amazing numbers that first game, but they still held him down. And I think that has to do with how bad the Lakers played uh, at in the bubble in the seeding games, uh, because they didn't have they basically had two days to get back and play in the playoffs. And going against a team like the Trailblazers, who went six and two, who went six and two. In, in the seeding games, um, who got back Nurkic, a player that they needed, who now have Carmelo, they have Gary Trent Jr. playing well for them, they have Zach Collins back, they have uh, Hassan Whiteside, you can't let them, you can't let them get he get heated up, because all, all, all the, uh, the Trailblazers need is Damian Lillard to drop 40 and then CJ to drop 20, Nurkic over uh, 16 rebounds and that's it. Uh, Portland wins. Uh, also, LeBron, LeBron's, LeBron made one of five. LeBron made one of five three pointers uh, in game one. One of five. 20% from three that game and right now Danny Green just turned it over. Danny Green has he first of all he has not had he's there for the threes he is there for the three um, he's a great he's probably one of the best three point shooters right now um, obviously not the best but he's up there uh, and that's what the Lakers need him for uh, but he's not hitting them he's not hitting them and he's turning it over uh, also, one thing I think the Trailblazers are doing um, is like they're letting LeBron. They there's they're like okay, let's let LeBron drop 50, but no one else is getting over 15 points. Um, also, AD AD just dropped off in the second half. In the first game, in the first half of the first game, he had 21 points, a crazy stat line for the first half. And then in the second half, he had seven points. He finished up with 28 points. Uh, that is just not good enough, especially in the playoffs when everyone turns it up. Um, Damian Lillard is playing better. Carmelo Anthony is playing better. Uh, when everyone is playing better, you need to turn it up too. You can't score 21 points in the first half and then seven in the second half. You can't just do it and then expect to win. Uh, but... I honestly think the Trailblazers have a chance at winning, um, but it just it just it just has to be of how the Lakers play first of all and how the Trailblazers play the second game. Uh, also, another team is the 70 is the matchup of 76ers and Celtics. Uh, third seed Celtics against sixth seed 76ers. Uh, I thought that the 76ers would take game one with how Joel Embiid was playing uh, in the in the uh, first quarter. He had like 11 points or something like that in the first quarter, and then he dropped off. He dropped off in the second quarter. He had like two touches in the third quarter. He I don't even think he touched the ball at all. He had I don't think he had any points. He just wasn't there, and then in the fourth quarter, the last the the last few minutes, I I don't think no one noticed he was there. 
he he's not doing what he's supposed to, especially with Ben Simmons out. He should turn he should turn it up way more than most players should. Uh, because now he has to do double the job, the job Ben Simmons did in guarding Jason Tatum. Uh, the job Ben Simmons did in guarding Campbell Walker. In guarding any of those guys. Because the only guy I've seen that can stop Jason Tatum and how he plays is Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons, uh, he, one of the best offensive players. Uh, but he got injured and he won't be back. And he's the only player I've seen that can stop Jason Tatum and how he plays Ben Simmons is 6-10 point guard he dominates that point guard position I don't think there's any um, any point guard that I don't think there's any better defensive point guard than Ben Simmons I don't think there's any def better defensive point guard than Ben Simmons uh, and that that was at first I thought the Sixers might take the series or at least that first game be why how Joel Embiid was playing but uh, you can't. Uh, he also doesn't play a full season, so you can't expect him to play better in the in the playoffs if he doesn't. Play. He ha he. I don't think he has played more than sixty or seventy games in the season since he has been in the NBA. I don't. It's always something. He's always out. At nine, then he comes in like my throat hurts, my head hurts, my stomach hurts. It's something like that. I don't think he has had a chance to play a full 82 games, or maybe not 82, but 80 or 75. I don't think so. So he has to get used to that, and then he'd be in the conversation for like best center or something. Uh, but I also noticed that the when the 76ers were on offense, offense the what they tried to do was try to get the switch on and put uh, Jalen Brown on Joel Embiid. They try to do that sometimes. Um, so Joel Embiid could get to the basket or draw foul or shoot the three. Uh, but Jalen Brown is a, a good defensive player. Uh, but Jalen Brown cannot guard Joel Embiid. As good as a game as, uh, as Jalen Brown is having, as bad as a game as Joel Embiid is having, I don't think he might be able to get a steal or something. But like guard him and like stopping Joel Embiid from posting up, or or like beating him in strength or something. I don't think Jalen Brown can do that. But he can totally get a steal from him, get a block or something like that. Uh, but like beating him in strength while Jordan Embiid is posting up, I don't think so. So that's what the 76ers were trying to do, or at least what as what I saw. Um, but still, Jordan Embiid wouldn't even uh, he wouldn't even do anything. He got the switch on Jalen Brown, and it's he choked. He like completely choked. He wouldn't he wouldn't score. He would get to the basket and miss. He would do a bunch of things except uh, except make the shot. And also, who is who is the who is the Celtics starting center? Daniel Thais. Daniel Thais has nothing on Joel Embiid. He has nothing. As good as the season as Daniel Thais is having, it's never gonna be good enough to stop a monster center like Joel Embiid. So Joel Embiid should have gone out there and dropped forty. And, and but. That's just how it is. Um, but uh, 
the Celtics, I think they took another game. They, I think they took a 2-0 lead. Um, but we, I was waiting for the 76ers to maybe put a little bit uh, better of a fight up against the Celtics. But no. Uh, now let's go up to the uh, second against seventh seed matchup in the West, which is the Mavericks against the Clippers. Uh, Clippers took game one. Mavericks took came game two. Kristaps uh, Porzingis got ejected uh, from the first game. Two technical fouls. Kristaps uh, Porzingis is a very important piece uh, in this in that series because. The Clippers have the players to stop Luka. They have uh, Kawhi and Paul George, who are both great defensive players, uh, and uh, they guard Luka. Right? They are. Uh, they like block him and they steal and they just run into him. And they have the players to guard, him, but they don't have the players to guard Kristaps. Yes, they could put Kawhi Leonard on Kristaps, but what's the difference? Kawhi is like six seven, six eight. I don't know what. Uh, 6'9", I think, actually. But, Kristaps Porzingis is 7'3". As good as a defender Kawhi Leonard is, he won't be able to guard a 7'3 guy. There's no way. Uh, and getting, eje getting ejected from that first game really hurt them, especially since they were down by around 16 or 17 in that first game, and then they came back. Uh, and they were leading at some point, I think around like 10 points or something. But the Clippers came back and then they took game two. Uh, and as much as the Clippers were guarding Luka, Luka still put up an amazing stat line in the first game. I think he had like 42 points. And in the second game, I'm not sure, but I'm, I'm pretty sure he had like more than 30 points. Uh, but let's ma next match up. Uh, let's talk about 4-5 in the East, which is 4-seeded uh, Pacers and 5-seeded uh, uh, Heat. Because the Heat took the 2-0 lead today, 109-100 victory by the Heat. And also, uh, the, the like fight that uh, people were expecting, TJ Warren and Jimmy Butler, it really... It really helped the Heat that that the Pacers didn't end up with home court advantage. Because with the home court advantage, with the fight uh, Jimmy Butler and TJ Warren had on January 8th, uh, the fans would be booing at Jimmy Butler. They would boo him. They would boo him every time he touched the ball. Every time he tried to get a shot off. Basically, every time he even touched the ball. Uh, with no home, with no home court advantage. They won't do that, and uh, that's really important for the Heat because uh, the Jimmy Butler is basically the star of player for them. Uh, and if he doesn't have a, if he doesn't have a good game, uh, it might there might be a chance that the Pacers may end up winning this series. Uh, so that was a good part uh, for that about the Heat. Uh, but. Um, I think that's it, right? Because the 3-6. Oh, wait. Now, let me talk about the 3-6 matchup in the West. 3-seeded uh, three Denver Nuggets against 6-seeded Utah Jazz. Series tied up 1-1. Uh, Denver took the first game. 
125 to one, uh, 135 to 125. Sorry. Um, Don Mitchell, he had he had the third third most points scored in any playoff game with 57 or 52. I'm pretty sure. Between that range, I know it was around 50. Um, but he, as good as a game he had, he had some bad shots. He had some bad shots that he could have just gave up to another teammate, and he would have probably made them. And that's that was a difference maker in this, in that game. And then in the second game, they went out and played, and they, and they got the win. But let's keep talking about the Jazz because the first trade I have up involves the Jazz and Hawks. Um, Rudy Gobert. Uh, Rudy Gobert next year is gonna want the max contract. Um, now I'm not sure the Jazz should give it to him. Yeah, in the 2000s, 2010s, of course they would have gave it to him. Anything would have gave Rudy Gobert a max contract. But we're in 2020 now. Basically, every center right now can shoot. Rudy Gobert is not an offensive player. He is not. He every time he has the ball, it looks like he's gonna travel. It looks like he's gonna turn it over. It looks like he's gonna fumble it. And uh, for a team like the Jazz. That they are good enough to make the playoffs, but not, but they're not good enough to um, make a championship run. What, what, sir? What? How does that help you? Uh, the point of sports is not to stay, to not is not to be good for a long time. It's to win. Uh, so Rudy Gobert doesn't help you, especially now with the chemistry issues that he's having with Donovan Mitchell. He helps you even less, and he's gonna want. A max contract. Why would you give Rudy Gobert a max contract? Um, and so the the trade I have, and uh, is Rudy Gobert goes to the Hawks. The Jazz in return get Clint Capella, uh, Dwayne Dedman, a 2022 first round pick, a 2023 second round pick, and a 2024 second round pick from the Hawks. Alright, so the reason why the Hawks should make this trade is because the uh, the Hawks are so undersized uh, with six uh, six one Trey Young as your point guard, uh, six ten uh, Capella as your center, six nine uh, six nine John Collins as your power forward, and that won't work. That won't work, especially. With a team like the Lakers, who have seven foot seven footer Anthony Davis at the power forward position, how would you face up a seven footer Anthony Davis, who's way stronger, way better, can shoot the ball, on a six nine John Collins, who uh, can't shoot the ball that well, who is way smaller, who is way younger, who is not as strong as Anthony Davis? How would you put him against Anthony Davis, or how would you put six ten Clint Capella against? Let's just a seven three Kristaps Porzingis, a seven foot uh, Hassan Whiteside, who are stronger. Well, Kristaps may not be as uh, stronger than him, but uh, seven foot Hassan Whiteside. How would you do that? Uh, uh, but getting Rudy Gobert, uh, you wouldn't need John Collins to be tall enough. You would just need him to be good enough to uh, to sustain. On Anthony Davis at the at the mid range, 
you just need to leave him there until Rudy Gobert comes to the comes to double or someone comes to double and then they would get in and it would be much help um, and Rudy Gobert having uh, barely having offense doesn't hurt the Hawks at all because the the Hawks have one of the best offensive uh, point guards in the league right now, which is Trey Young. Uh, they also have Cam Reddish, uh, the uh, Cam Reddish, DeAndre Hunter, and John Collins, who are who are all decent or good scorers. Plus, their sixth pick they have in the twenty twenty draft, uh, which they can draft a uh, Denny of Dijon, um, uh, an Obi Toppin, and Tyrese Halliburton draft any of those players uh, so they don't need offense they w already have offense so Rudy Gobert having offense doesn't hurt them at all uh, and, and Rudy Gobert basically the points he the points he averages they basically all come from either the, the free throw line or uh, the pick and roll most of them come from the pick and roll and Trey Young he has he has shown that he is a great pick and roller uh shown it with with john collins uh and now getting a pick and roll master but this time not point guard but center and rudy gobert it helps them a lot and now uh, instead of just trying to guard the pick and roll between john collins and trey young now you have to guard the pick and roll between john collins trey young and trey young and rudy gobert so uh, the 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 Hawks you would just get a better center but the Utah Jazz are the team that probably wouldn't accept this trade but I think they already know I think they already know that they they're not a championship contender so if they don't have to rebuild completely but with that 2022 first round pick it's not like the Hawks are gonna change overnight and be a championship contender team the day Rudy Gobert gets traded it's gonna take some time while they get more players more young players to go um, to go with um, Trey Young so that 2022 first round pick might be might be valuable and it might get a top a top pick uh, in the lottery it might or might not but if it does the Utah Jazz can get another center who comes in that draft class uh, but I, I another thing the Utah Jazz could do which would not favor the Hawks at all um, is they could let Rudy Gobert test his market in free agency. I don't think no one would give him max contract. I don't think I've, unless a team that is needing defense. Um, Hawks are needing defense, but that would be something. That would not be a smart move by the Hawks giving Rudy Gobert max contract. They they should just trade for him. Uh, but I don't think. Anyone would give him a max contract. Uh, so what the Jazz can do is let him test his value in free agency. The shooters, man, the shooters for the Lakers are not doing anything. Caruso just made a wide, just missed a wide open three. Uh, I, as I was saying, 
the Jazz could let him test his uh, free agency value when no one's given the max contract. They could uh, maybe add a little bit, put it at 29 million. Um, be like, hey, uh, no one gave you the max contract. We'll give you this. Or if not, you're you're a free agent and you don't have a team. He'd probably say yes to the 29 mil. Uh, but that's the first trade I have. The second trade I have is between. So the next trade is between the New York Knicks and Atlanta Hawks. Uh, so the New York Knicks would be giving up uh, Mitchell Robinson. And the Atlanta Hawks would be giving up uh, Cam Reddish. Um, um, and the New York Knicks would also be giving the the Hawks a 2022 uh, second round pick uh, this train it it kind of favors the Hawks more than it favors the Knicks uh, and this is why the Knicks uh, let me check real quick I'm pretty sure they don't have uh, another s well they have Todd Gibson but those are their only two centers. Um, but they gotta go ahead and get another center. Uh, but that's why. And but they would be getting uh, uh, Cam Reddish, uh, and they could play Frank Ntilikina or Dennis Smith Jr. Uh, Cam Reddish, R.J. Barrett at the three. Kevin Knox at the 4 and Taj Gibson at the 5. That's a nice young roster, uh, except for Taj Gibson. Uh, but they could replace Taj Gibson with another center, uh, a better one or a younger one, whichever one they want. Uh, it favors the Hawks be because they, the Hawks would be giving up their two centers, Clint Capella and Dwayne Dedman, and get only Rudy Gobert as the trade I said before. Uh, and they would be stuck as Damian Jones as their backup. Uh, but this time, they could have uh, Mitchell Robinson as their backup, which is um, uh upgrade from Damian Jones being your backup center. They would also get an extra uh, 2022 second-round pick. Uh, and that sixth, that sixth pick... That six pick is gonna come real handy with this next trade, this next and last trade, as Gary Trent Jr. just offensive. Gary Trent Jr. just stole the ball from LeBron, and then I don't even know how that was an offensive foul. Yeah. Okay, so this last trade is between the Atlanta Hawks and uh, the Orlando Magic. The Atlanta Hawks would be giving up John Collins, um, DeAndre Hunter, their sixth overall pick, and they would get back Orlando's pick, uh, which is around four, is around 15th to 19th or 18th, something like that. Uh, they would get back Orlando's pick and Jonathan Isaac. Uh, Jonathan Isaac just came. Uh, just came back from an injury and now he's injured again uh, for the uh, next season or at least that's what I heard he's injured for the rest of the this season and next season um, but that would help him a lot if they won't be able to get the Rudy Gobert trade and they keep Clint Capella uh, who's a good uh, uh, defender they would get an excellent defender in Jonathan Isaac when he comes back 
uh, with Orlando. I don't think Orlando would give him another chance, judging already how he has been injured two times and he has only played. He hasn't played that much for them. I don't think if they would get John Collins and DeAndre Hunter, two, two, two decent young players up and coming. I think they would get. I think they would give them a chance, and they're also getting um, the Atlanta Hawks pick, which they could draft again a player like Daniel Dijal, Obi Toppin, Tyrese Halliburton, and Killian Hayes. Any of those players, and that would that would make their roster a lot younger, and they could pair up with DJ Augustine, Evan Fournier, um, Nikola Vucevic. They could play up with the players they already have and get new new players. Uh, which would be an upgrade for Jonathan Isaac who hasn't played that much But it would also be an upgrade for the Hawks because the Hawks are not that good of a defensive team uh, uh, with Trey Young and Kevin Herder as their backcourt. They're obviously not that defensive adding a defensive player like Jonathan Isaac Would completely fit that uh, Jonathan Isaac just a, just a great defensive player. He's he's one of my favorite players in the NBA right now, after John Murray and Ben Simmons, he's that he's up there, he's up there in the third spot, and he is my he is my favorite defensive player, my favorite defensive player in the NBA. He has that he has that position. Uh, that was the last trade. Uh, I'll be back if something amazing happens, like if Portland wins beats uh the lakers in the series i'll make a podcast there uh but after that that's the wrap of the episode uh be sure to check out the next one peace